So what's what's the one book that you bought me? Extreme Ownership. Is that the one? Yeah. It's oh, a yes. good book. It told me a lot about you. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the books you buy for people says a lot about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you I think you got me a book about philosophy on the toilet. Trying to figure out what that says about you now. <laughs> it's Lewis and Clark, Lewis and Clark, exploring Christianity through practice, theology, and philosophy. It's Lewis and Clark, Lewis and Clark. Uh, we said we'd talk about uh, faith formation in yes. young people. Yes. How? Do young people find faith and growing faith? Going to go straight for the... the go on then. The, yes. Because their parents have faith. Basically, you grow up in a Christian home, therefore you're a Christian. Job mm. done. That's, I mean, that's certainly, um, or certainly an atheistic uh, kind of attempted takedown would be, yeah. well, you only believe that because your parents... Yes, told you, and and it's it's, yes. it's wormed its way into your brain yes. when you were small, and now you believe that it's true, and you've never really sat back and thought about. It. And had you grown up in a different culture, you would believe other things, yes. and therefore it's all yes. bunkum and rot. Yes, and statistically that is true. Just as if you grew up in an atheist home, you would probably be an atheist. You grew up in an atheist household, you're usually an atheist because your parents are atheists. And that's not shocking. If I had been born in India, in an Indian family who were Hindus, I'd probably be a Hindu. So there is some veracity to that. So, But that doesn't mean... It doesn't mean many things. I use the atheist as an example. I think some, often atheists take this view, and it's it's also a secular view, that I'm going to bring up my kids and they can have exposure to all different beliefs and then they're free to choose the one they want to choose. That's just rubbish. That's not what happens. Most kids growing up, are they're not... Firstly, that never happens. And even if it did most of the time, they're like, well, this is what Dad believes, so I guess I'll believe that, because that's what most people do. Um finding your own faith often comes later in life. So this is one of the important things. So if you want your children to be Christians, the best thing to do is to introduce them to the Christian faith when they're young. Now, an atheist might think that's just scandalous religious programming, but it's no different they than do. their, no, they than their do. religious they, they, programming. There's no might about that. That's often... Um, the concern that would be aired mm. is that you know you you're not giving them the free choice yes to decide for themselves yeah i'll be interested to know what you think of uh what i i mean I, for my kids I've, yes. I've made it it's sort of we go to church that's what we do as a family yeah absolutely sunday you know week in week out that's yeah. what we do but i at the same time we didn't baptize our kids Mm. Um, we said, we want you to be able to make a decision for yourselves yeah. later on. So we've, we've sort of flagged to them yes. right now. Yeah. This is where we go. This is what we do. You ask them any questions you've got. Uh, you engage with what, what's yeah. going on. Uh, but ultimately, you should know that what's coming down the tracks is that yes. you will be making this decision for yourself. You cannot Fantastic. do it based on what Perfect. mom and I have done. 
Have we done all right? That's brilliant. Okay. Because I, I genuinely don't know if there's... Well, uh, well you I'm, tell me, because you've done the research here. Yeah. I have not. So I don't know if that's yes. the right or wrong. Or if I have. A better I've way actually to do done it. lots of research on this area. So, I mean, what options have you got, really? So if you so if you said, well, I don't want to impose my faith upon my kids, firstly, why would you be imposing it if you believed it and you thought it was the most important thing in the world? I think from my perspective, the answer to that one would be to say, yeah. I, I think because I know you can't, you can't use somebody else's faith... It's it's your own yes, decision, and, and, and I think, uh, yeah. So that's why Save I think it's basically like, faith stage development. Yeah, kids have got to own it themselves and grow into it, or they'll they'll never be their own. And they'll like and, in uh, another podcast we think life will happen to them, and they'll realise they don't have any faith of their own, and it'll it'll collapse it'll on them because collapse. they haven't got their own foundation. Because they haven't got their own. They're, and again, that's what the often the atheists don't understand. They think that faith is superstition they think it's intellectual beliefs in the flying spaghetti monster they don't understand it's it's a way of life and meaning and purpose and experiences that they because they'd rather because they don't take the time to look at it um just as for many people who are atheists we can come up with crude stereotypes about atheists but a lot of them have profound and deep understandings of their atheism that they will not suspend with their kids so they don't say to their kids well Here's a book you can read about all these different religions, including atheism, and you decide what you want. If the kid goes, well, what do you think, Dad? They're going to see, firstly, he's going to share what he thinks, but they're also going to see how he lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the bigger picture for how faith is. So you've got very few choices. Well, <laughs> maybe a, a range of choices. So you're Christians. So you don't want to impose your faith upon your kids. Well, what do you do? You go to church, and let's say you have a, a vigorous and rigorous Christian faith. Do you exclude your children from that? That would be bizarre wouldn't it well, that would to, seem to do or you reduce your faith down to christianity something i occasionally do and believe uh, which is a very secular english view of it occasionally go to church it's uh, believing that jesus maybe died and rose from the dead but don't let it interfere with your life too much and then let them pick and choose between all the other religions. Well, actually, you're imposing an understanding of religions even by doing that with them. So there are some amazing surveys, and I think they're incredibly informative because they're not just hypotheses and hypothecating and wishful thinking and philosophies of child... Don't, don't, don't decry the philosophy. <laughs> Childhood rearing. Um but what actually happens? So the British Social Attitudes Survey, if I've got those, got that around the right way, um, the government commissioned research across the country all the time into thousands of different things to see mm. what people's attitudes are and what they believe and what they're doing. So everything from, uh, and that includes things like religious affiliation is one of the things. And there's okay. massive research in it. Um, and a few years ago, some of the research came out about what happens to young people and the practicing of religious faith. And I'll get the statistics, I won't get them accurately, but broadly right. If you grow up in a Muslim family, Jewish family, Hindu family, Buddhist family, the chances are later in life, even if you're non-observant and practicing it, because of a, a multiplicity of factors, but culturally and relationally, mm-hmm. because for those religious groups, often the religion is in se- it's not just a belief in their head, it is a part of their culture, often their ethnicity and their family way of life. Young people brought up in that environment, an enormous number, um, and actually even Catholics have a high percentage of people that come back to the Catholic faith even if they were non-observant. Because it's more integrated by the sound because of Because it. it's more of a way of life. Yeah, okay. Which 
is what religion is supposed to be, as opposed to the anemic Western English secular version well, of just like a religious instruction lesson, believe the five pillars of Islam for Islam, or here's what happened to Jesus. So for your average white middle-class Christian, what happens is children who grow... So all the all those other faiths show that even if you're not engaging in your faith from your family of origin, when you are older and life happens, you get married, you have kids, there is a very high chance that you will turn back to, for familial and cultural identity reasons, into the religion of your family of origin. White middle-class young people don't do that. It's it, The statistic is staggering. It's the opposite. That when you, are, when you get something like 95% of young people never consider any Christian antecedents that, that may have come from them from their family of origin. Because there's other research that you can uh, correlate with this, because what they end up doing is they actually practice the faith of their parents. And the faith of their parents is that you can believe whatever, look, the idea that like you started off with, well, it really doesn't matter what you believe. There's nothing ethnically or culturally. Um, most people, if they're nominal Christians, go Christmas and Easter, but it doesn't really affect their everyday life. They're not mm. praying and they're not doing observances and there's Christian food or nothing that, that would connect them. And often what their kids see is if my parents ever did engage in something pseudo-Christian from my family of origin and heritage it's when there's a crisis or there's a funeral or i've run out of the resources for life so what does it look like to get it right then i mean is it it's not just that people that aren't christians are leaving their children in a situation where they'll never find any sort of faith because mm. they won't christians are practicing their faith in increasing numbers in ways that are making it even harder for young people to find faith and and even go back to faith later on in life. So that because the statistics show and this is really important and beyond wishful thinking. Um because like I was saying there was always an outlier, there's always someone who grew up in the home where the parents didn't do anything and despite that met with God and you know God yes he can meet with anyone. Yeah. But that's not what happens in everyday life. Um the three things, I think it's three things, see if I can remember these, that have the greatest likelihood of somebody experiencing the Christian faith and practicing it for the rest of their lives. Uh, first one is to do it when they're young. Most important, whatever we experience when we're young is what we carry with us through the rest of life. Okay. So the idea, um, so uh, I was teaching somewhere once and this guy literally said to me, well, I, I was teaching on some of this stuff. And he said, well, I don't do that. I said to my kids, they can make up their own mind. We're never taking them to church with us. And one day they can go whenever they want to. And I said, you are almost guaranteeing that your children will never find faith. And mm -hmm. he got very argumentative. And I go, it's just a fact. It just mm -hmm. doesn't happen. Why would they? What they've learned from you is... This has nothing to do with my everyday life. So starting when you're young, uh, you know, there's all the aphorisms and phrases about, you know, if you want to see, see the man, see the, see the boy, see the child, give me, if you want to form someone, we know they're the most formative. We spend all of our lives, we go through therapy, what are the things we deal with in therapy? It's the first 10, 15 years of our adolescent yep. life that we deal with. They're steeply formative. So it needs to start when you're young. Got it. To have a good start. Youngins. Number one. Number two, it needs to involve your parents or parent or whoever is your 
carer looking yeah. after you because they are the most important person in your development and if if they if the person who is caring for you has a vibrant christian faith one that is part of life in terms of meals food relationships yep. uh, making decisions if 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 that is part of the the environment that a child grows up in it rubs off on them but even that bond can be can be easily broken there's a third thing that it's not even a venn diagram put the three things together and it sort of catalyzes the 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 statistical likelihood of a response and it's a relationship with somebody else outside of your parents who are significantly engaged in your life as as mm -hmm. christians okay because there's all the things that go on developmentally with, with parents and part of that's also about plausibility structures um it's why is another thing about how do people come to faith bigger churches it's easier to be a christian in a big church because you've got more people around you mm -hmm. living the christian life in a way that makes sense it's much harder to be the only young person in a church when everybody else around you says this thing is ridiculous that you're you're doing so re relationships are key so those those are the three factors together that give you the statistical greatest chance but I would say more than that, it's a it's the it's the natural of order of things as a Christian. You're if you're a parent, you should be practicing your faith with your child, and they should be experiencing it in the wider church community, so that that gives them the greatest opportunity to engage with it, and ultimately, like you said, come to the point where, in terms of faith development, the the next step is not just that they're Christians because they're parents were christians you want i mean i always wanted my kids to get to the point where they would own their own faith yeah um get baptized yeah absolutely so in summary then it sounds like if i can sort of replay back what i'm hearing yeah you can tell me if i'm wrong uh, obviously the young one get them winning young if you like that's yeah. a, that was an easy one start young start young uh the authority figure in their life whoever that happens to be yes parent grandparent carer guardian that kind of thing yeah. and then something like you said the third relationship or set of relationships mm. that are in the kind of peer or somebody who's almost independently verifying yes that that sort of setup that you've yeah. had is actually there's validity Beyond to the that to this, yes yeah. because as you say developmentally especially into the teenage years yes when you're sort of starting to question your your parents mm. sort of way of thinking or yeah. it, just because it worked for them does that actually work for me who yes. am i i'm separating my identity from yes. my parents at this point so exactly what identity do i want to to take on and having somebody else who yeah. can act as a proxy to yeah. demonstrate that lifestyle and yeah. all those things too Absolutely. is actually the thing that's going to potentially or in, like you said increase the likelihood of cementing that in yes and that's without even the factor of well what does god do then i mean if you if nothing if we're if we're trying to sow seeds into your kids lives you know do you sow anything that god could could water and that would 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 take root um in in your children's lives so that's the statistical thing there's also i, I mentioned earlier about what children in and you do inherit the most of often the faith of your parents mm -hmm. and one of the fastest growing groups in our western context are white middle-class christians who their christian faith is an optional lifestyle choice and they increasingly engage in church in fewer and fewer the mission of the church as in if the gospel of christianity is a way of living they engage in it less and less and that often means the only thing they often they do is go to church 
and they do that with less frequency. I always find it strange, not ironic that people who who leave church because they say church should be more than a Sunday have usually that's the only thing that they do. Um, so they turn up when they need something or they're, there's nothing else going on. Um, they also then reach out for prayer. I mean, I, I again, I forget, we've done a few of these podcasts now. When I see some people turn up in our services, my thought is, oh, it's lovely to see them. I haven't seen them for months. And then my second thought is, what on earth has happened to them? Something catastrophic. Is it divorce? Is it a serious illness? Because mm. some people will only engage with other people in the Christian faith and that includes a worship service when their normal resources for life have have run out now if you occasionally go to church and if you're not got a way of life with other people and you're not taking risks for the kingdom of God and you're not doing all the things that Christians as a Christian way of life Mm. what happens is your children inherit that so what they learn is okay I noticed my parents their Christian engagement is that, and that's what they learn. They don't. They often don't learn who else are they going unless they have significant relationships with someone else in the church. They're likely, and if their parents are always traveling or going away or doing hobbies, another thing that you often see is again this pressure on parents. I'm sure you feel it. Your kids are a lot younger than mine to take them to all these clubs and activities and all these things. And somehow you're an abusive parent if you don't give them this plethora of opportunities, the idea that you might focus. And if you do focus down, it's because it's swimming or football, because you're hoping they might be an Olympic swimmer or um, and the sheer the cost of money and the discipline that parents will expend to get up early in the morning or evenings or weekends to take their kids to sports and activities And I see Christians doing this. They would never engage the Christian faith with their children in the same way they do in those hobbies and sports. And here's what their children ultimately learn. Those are the important things of life. Christianity is optional. The idea that you might not do some other activities to practice Christianity is ridiculous to some people. So what then do you say to somebody, there's loads of... um there's loads of philosophical stuff that ties in with this and and they would take longer than we have on the podcast yes. so i'm not going to go full tilt into any of those mm-hmm. um particularly around how, in kind of god being just if what you're saying is correct then there's a sense in which it um, is correct no 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 sorry given what you're saying is correct okay if that then is mm. played out um continually yeah where is where is the uh you played you mentioned this earlier it's quite a difficult thing to articulate without trying to lead which is why i'm struggling to articulate this myself um there are outliers with people of people who meet god who for for whom there is no prior you're you're one such person abraham was one such person um so far as we know um Mm. does this not lead us to a place where it's it's sort of too much emphasis on the parent okay that it sort of it 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 removes the need for the individual to say i will actually Mm. engage with the question of who god is right so when you could you can do all of that because and and still your kids you can do all the things i've said and your kids will still go no because somebody could say well don't want to because not interested the typical argument is well god that you you say that the christian faith is the only way to god Mm. and therefore um if you 
if somebody grew up in a, a Muslim household and that's the thing that they revert to, yeah. have you not just consigned them to that by virtue of where they were born in mm. that place and space in history? Um, and and I suppose I, I, that's the one I didn't particularly want to like go full depth into. But, okay. it, feels, but it feels related to say yes. you're almost a product of what your parents have put in place for you as a child. Yeah, and, well, you are, which is why it's really important what kind of... What kind of faith are you living, believing, practicing? And what faith are you reflecting on with your kids? So if, I mean, if you bring up your kids, and some Christians do this, there are different forms of Christianity, that Christianity, the world is evil, wicked, hide away from it, everyone's going to hell. Well, you have to make a choice. You become that kind of Christian. Or if you go off to, and say you go off to university, meet some friends, and suddenly you realize these people aren't all evil and wicked, and I'm not sure they're all going to hell. And that's when you could, this is the faith stage development. That's when people will often jettison the faith of their parents. Uh, and it can cause ruptures in religious families, especially mm. strictly Christian families. Um, so is it, what kind of faith are you passing on to your children? I mean, again, the research says there's a thing called uh, therapeutic moralistic deism, and that broadly is the is the sort of white Western version of Christianity that young people are being given. Mm. And it's that God is therapeutic. God is there to make you feel better. So you engage with God when you're not feeling good. I want to feel better about sure. myself. Moralistic is to you know because some parents like don't want you you know, don't want our kids taking drugs and behaving badly so god's there to just you know generally not do the the really bad things in life um and deism is is actually god is not present and the author of your life he made the world and disappeared and he's the god of the gaps and he just intervenes when you need a top up from him and that's often what parents are passing on so but but then you so i see with you i mean if i can does this break the fourth wall you know, with your kids, you talk with them, you reflect on them, you let them ask questions. This goes back to the podcast on why do theology? If you don't think through your faith, mm. it's going to be very hard when your kids want to think it through. To, to know mm. theologically and maybe yeah. philosophically, but to, to have a, to be rooted yeah. and grounded in your faith. Because yeah. you might be the person that acts as the friendly uncle or, or aunt to somebody else who's asking questions. You you may say, well, I don't have children of my own. And that might be true. And that yes. might be where you are. But you you are, in some sense, mm. almost certainly going to have influence to the kids yeah. within, say, your church. And w you've said this, I think, from the front. Uh, certainly, I feel like you, maybe Bev, have that they're not just, they're not the kid, they're not the yes. kids of the parents. Oh, they're the, they're the, the kids of the, yeah. the, the kids of the church. These are they're our kids. kids. Yes. And they're our kids for that reason. Yes. That it, it's that the... Uh, it takes a village to raise uh, a yes. whole village to raise a child. Exactly. This is our village. Yeah. This is our family. It's our family yeah. business, if you like, is to to, yeah. to uh, bring these kids on and to be able to answer their questions, to be able to encourage them and to if you think about it, help them. When's the best time to learn how to explore the Christian faith when you have kids? Um, it's a leading question. Maybe before you have kids is the time to do it. So engage in children's ministry. And when you have kids, you may have a, a raft of experiences that would equip you mm. to do it. But you're absolutely right. We talk in our church. There's, again, this Western obsession. Of, you know, as long as my kid is okay and they get what they're after, that's all I'm focused on. When actually these are all our kids. Yeah. And, um, and also they're the friends of my kids and the kids of the church of the future, church of the present.
So, um, yeah, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty blunt on this one because... I hadn't picked that up. I hadn't picked that up. It was really subtle throughout that you... you, Because, you know, the the statistics... Yeah, well, it matters, right? Bear it out. And the anemic faith... um, Well, there's actually another bit of research that I found. Um, It's from New Zealand. Um, Presbyterian Church, the guy that was the head of um, youth uh, work and training for the Presbyterian Church, but isn't anymore. I forget his name. But it's a fascinating bit of research on... They're probably what you would call older millennials now. So they're millennials who are in their 30s and had kids... Um, Me? Yes, like I, you. I am. I'm, I'm right on the line. Are Fun you? fact. 1981, oh. right to the point okay. they started calling us millennials, oh. apparently. Yes. Well, there's a whole load of them that he managed to find who actually have parents of a generation who threw them into sports and clubs and hobbies and dropped out of church, and their parents ah. are no longer connected. So he found all these young people whose parents just like were Christians and then just can't be bothered. Okay. CBA, as you call it. Yep. Um, and they've been finding their way back to church. Because hmm. guess what? They've had kids. And actually, th- there are some of them who have enough of a repository from when they were younger to go, despite my parents' complete indifference to the Christian faith that they now hmm. have, uh, is that a move of God? I mean, that bucks... It bucks the trend. It and this bucks is what I was, the this, trend in that instance. This is what I was trying to drive up with my question earlier. Because um, yeah. I don't dispute the... The, the statistics i don't yeah but it doesn't it there's a sense in but again which... they're young people who are reactivating something that they inherited it's not a group of young people who've never been near church in their life i don't for a... suddenly right there's i don't think that the norm that you're yes. describing is like apropos of nothing i woke up this morning and i thought what if god's real and i found myself in church i mean yes there are stories yeah. there are testimonies that that are like that yeah of course but the, the the kind of the, the Gaussian distribution, the normal, the middle yeah. of the thing is you, yeah. you probably are what uh, something about your environment is going to shape Absolutely. this conversation. What I, I suppose I would want to yeah. leave space for is those moments where you as an individual do yes. still need to take responsibility or there are those moments where yes. Absolutely. there is a revival. There is a, a move oh, of yeah. God. There is something that bucks the trend that completely defies well, the statistics. You see, revivals are interesting because even then, revivals usually take place historically not with groups of people who have no Christian heritage or knowledge. It is usually revivals, the greatest outpourings of the Holy Spirit upon people who have some understanding of Christianity and some reservoir, a, a, a repository of it. It, they're never in contact with people who have, you know, never went to church and their family had nothing to do with church. They're usually at times when people have drifted away. So if there was to be a revival in this country now, again, historically, it would be the 30 to 50 year olds who have just drifted away from church and couldn't be bothered, who might realize that instead of continuing on that trajectory, maybe the Holy Spirit will come and convict them and they, they've got something to revive. Well, that's, that's, yes. the, the clue is, is is in the word revival. If, yeah. Yeah. Okay. To be revived. I mean, I, uh, it was, a story popped into my mind of the benefits of this. Um, I mean, in our church, it's wonderful. We see people become Christians. The ones that often struggle the most are the ones who have the least in their background to draw on because it is so... To come to church regularly, to go to small... All these 
things that form you that were that were normal for Christians in history are so alien to them because the whole life is wired to be the opposite. And, and they also don't have beliefs and practices. And the ones that tend to grow quicker as Christians often have something in their background to activate. Mm. So a uh, good friend of mine in our church um, was in my karate club I used to go to and I invited him to Alpha. He called himself an atheist, hated God, hated Christianity, gave me the hardest time. But ultimately... He'd grown up in Northern Ireland and had been forced to go to church, even though he absolutely hated every minute of it. He hated going. He hated the pastors. He hated the hellfire and damnation. But when he then had an experience of God, a genuine, his own probably first experiences of God in his 40s, and he asked me to explain what Christianity was, and we prayed together and he became a Christian, he was able to immediately open a Bible and turn to a verse with me because opening a Bible and turning to a Bible verse was something, even though he'd hated it when he was young, was there to draw on. And his growth in the Christian faith was like this. It's like, even though all that stuff was there and he didn't like it, he could activate it. The Bible, basic beliefs, who was God? what Christian disciplines were. It was all there, even though it had come to him in a way that he had rejected. It's very hard to activate something you don't know and that wasn't a habit. Does, does that make that sense? That makes perfect sense. So to give your kids a fighting chance, you want to give them something that can be activated, become their own, revived later on in, in life. But yeah, this, this, you, this, that's one step removed somehow. <gasps> Is it? Yeah, because you're, you don't do it for the kids. Uh-huh. Right, because they're smart, they're going to see past that it, if it if it's a facade. Yes, it's not who you actually are. If it's yes. not your actual oh, way of life, you are, yeah, they, they see spot it. a hypocrite a mile off. Kids exactly. are amazing like that. Yeah. So, to some degree, it's like get your own house in order. And I'm saying this as much to myself. Yeah. If you get your house in order, literally, I suppose in this case. But you get yourself. Yeah. Right. And it becomes your way of life. And it's the non-negotiable in your life. And it's the thing you've invested in. It's the thing you continue to invest in. It's the thing that you let shape you. Mm. Then it becomes second nature to then yes. share that with the, your nearest and dearest. I mean, how could you not at that point? Because yeah. it's like, well, in the same way as my, my music taste is, mm. is not up for negotiation, neither is my faith. It's yeah. as good as, it's more yeah, core yeah, to yeah. me than I mean, music taste come and go. You, you change a little yeah. bit, but nonetheless, it's like, oh, I love this thing. Let me share this with you. Yes, you, you don't think twice when you're going to, no. you know, grab a link from Spotify or whatever and share it with a, f a family or a, a, you know, a friend mm -hmm. or whatever. Oh, you'd love this song. You have a listen to this, yeah. right? And that's so second age. It's where you go, okay? And then you, you something like, oh, oh. Well, I mean, only if this Bible verse works for you. I mean, I, maybe you've thought about. Yeah, and, and by the way, we don't do that with the rest of life. So with your no. kids, whether you, I mean, good parents don't do this with the rest of life. So whether you're an atheist or a Christian, things like if you think that telling the truth is important, you don't let your kids get away with that and go. Well, you can choose whether you want to believe in the truth or not. Mm. You say to your kids, while you're in my house, we will practice truth telling. That's yes. one. That's one thing good parents do. Other good things parents do. When your your family, what it means to belong to your family. I mean, you know what it's like, kids. Sometimes they don't want to visit aunts and uncles and 
put them in the car and travel to places. You go, this is who we are and you are doing this with yeah. us. This is our family. This is our family because you know this is what families do and it doesn't matter whether you're bored or interested or like it because you know one day they will have no connection to your family unless you practice family. Yes. So we've, we've got those orders of, of practice and interaction that we do for other things in life why would we not do them with our faith with our kids it's lewis and clark lewis and clark exploring christianity through practice theology and philosophy it's lewis and clark lewis and clark